We are currently looking at the rescue of Jesus. Could you imagine needing a practical, tangible witness of the rescue of Jesus any other time than when maybe you've been displaced, not only from your home, but from your community and from your country? Like, this is the way of God. This is the way of his kingdom through the scriptures is coming and providing rescue here and now and pointing to the ultimate rescue, which is the new heaven and the new earth and the resurrection life that he gives. And so we're preaching through a series where we're looking at the I am statements of Jesus. And what we said last week is, although death is an enemy we all face, we all face the enemy of death. We can all find eternal life in Jesus. We can all find eternal life. And I'm not just saying the life eternal for the afterlife. I'm saying the eternal life, that this is eternal life, that you know the one true God and Jesus Christ who he sent. That you would have personal relationship with the living God who was raised from the dead. Yay, Easter, part two. That we can know Christ. We can know life by the Spirit. We can know the love of the Father and that glorious eternity of the eternal worship service. We just jump in on it now, that we get life here and now. And so we like to say here at the Vineyard that we are a community experiencing the transforming love of Jesus, joining the mission of God in the cities we love. A multi-generational multi-ethnic, multicultural community discovering the unifying love of God, the transforming love of Jesus. And it's not just stories and scriptures. We're going to open up the scriptures. If you want to jump and be ready, I'm going to be in John 10 today. But listen to this story of hope that comes from one of our young adults. One of our young adults recently shared a story of hope that points to this resurrection life that we received from Jesus. Because last week we saw two stories of resurrection. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, and then Jesus is raised from the dead on the third day, just like he said and just like the scriptures said. And it's not just a story that was then, it is a story that is now. Hear this story of hope. One of our young adults told us, I grew up in a Christian family and went to church every Sunday. I was a Christian because my family was. And I went to church because my family did. I knew I believed in God, but I never had the passion for faith like my parents. There have recently been some challenges in my life, and it initially pushed me away from God. I couldn't understand why he would let this happen. But I came to realize this all happened for a reason. And he, God, was with me all along. At 21 years old, I have begun finding my passion for faith. I have begun being a Christian for myself, going to church for myself. I am so grateful to be a part of the vineyard, knowing I have a community supporting me in my journey. This is what it is all about. The rescue of God found in the living Christ the rescue that is available to us all. Jesus is alive. Jesus is at work today. And he continues to provide the rescue we all need. That is why we are gathered here today. So whatever you come in with, whatever needs rescuing in your life today, Know it is welcome here because God loves you and is pursuing you, and we're going to see that in the scripture. So let's go to John 10. We're going to remember the words of Jesus. 
And we're sort of anchoring our story here much like the first followers of Jesus did. Because this encounter that we just had at Easter, the early disciples, their faith was dead. Their faith needed rescuing, and the first followers had this powerful encounter at the empty tomb. And what the encounter they had at the empty tomb is that it resurrected their faith. It brought their faith back to life. And in Luke 24, it says this, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. Jesus has risen. Remember how he told you. While he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Then they remembered Jesus. And we're asking the question, what was it they would have remembered? Because if they needed to remember, even after walked with Jesus and saw him perform the miracles firsthand, if they had to remember, we have to remember too. And today we're going to remember that Jesus says, I am the gate. This is what he says in John 10. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees. Now, if you're new to church, Pharisees were the religious elite. They were the rule keepers. They were the rule overseers, not always the rule followers, according to Jesus and the way he confronts them. I would have been a Pharisee back in the day. That's not good news for me, potentially. Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. They're like supposed to be the smartest, the most religious, and they are confused. Therefore, Jesus said again, thank you, Jesus. Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. It's an interesting story if you can put yourself in it. How many of you woke up this morning and thought, you know what, I just want to be a sheep today. Ah, it's good news. Just a bunch of sheep coming and going. I love Jesus and his patience. I love that he continues to offer us what we actually need. And I just want us to notice a couple things in this text because at the end of the day, here's the deal. You have to decide. You have to decide how you want to relate to Jesus because what we're seeing in Jesus is he's getting very clear with us. He's not just some teacher that we can just sort of decide what we take and leave. He's not just some historical figure that's dead. 
Jesus unapologetically sets himself up as the Savior of the world. The Savior of the world. And in this text, we get some interesting imagery that, again, maybe is a little bit foreign to us. Any sheep herders? Any shepherds in the crowd? I mean, it's just a little culturally like, how do we make sense of this? So here, I'm going to try to help us today. And we're going to just work the scriptures. We're going to work the text. Here's the first thing I want us to see in the rescue that Jesus is illuminating for us here. Jesus is saying, I am the gate. I am the one that you need to look for. Everyone before me was not the Savior. They were not the Messiah. I am the one. Listen to what it says in 10 verse 7. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. What I think Jesus wants us to know in the scriptures and in his embodied life, the love of his life is that we can discover and discern who Jesus is and what Jesus is doing. We can actually discover and discern Jesus and the way of his kingdom, and it is distinctly different. Jesus is drawing a clear marker. I am this, all the ones before me are that. I am relating to you like this, and you need to be careful because there are others trying to relate to you like, oh good, we're awake, this is good. This is very clear. And Jesus is using a very simple story and imagery to invite us into something that we will complicate, that we will make very challenging. So what I want us to be reminded of today, if we're going to remember that Jesus is the gate, he is saying, entering in through me is the way to eternal life. Coming into my pasture is where you will experience what you actually hope for. I am the gate. You need to come in and through. I am the Savior of the world. Jesus is knowable. Jesus is knowable to us today. This is good news. Do not show you. Well, you can raise your hand. I, I'm not going to control you from here. You can do whatever you want. You can get up and leave. Do you ever feel like it's hard to know Jesus? Like tomorrow, when you wake up, hopefully we all get to wake up tomorrow and enjoy one more day of beautiful spring before it's summer. Like, when you wake up tomorrow, do you ever just wonder, like, Jesus, can I really know you? Can I really follow you today? Does, does what you have for me really matter for my life? Like, how do I make sense of all the decisions I'm going to make? How do I make sense of my money? How do I make sense of my family? How do I make sense of my career? How do I make sense of my hopes and my dreams? Jesus, where are you and what in the world are you doing? Anybody ever been like that before? Just a pastor of a church, you know, on a Tuesday? After Easter, you know, Jesus is knowable. And what Jesus is showing us here is who he is, and he's saying we must be discerning and understand there are things that are God in the way of his kingdom, and there are things that are not. There are thieves, there are robbers, they come to kill and to destroy. I have come that you would have life. This is what Jesus is up to. This is how Jesus wants to relate to us every moment of our life. And it does require not just discovering that Jesus is alive, not just discovering that Jesus is at work, not just discovering that Jesus is the source of life and the giver of life, but working hard to discern 
what is and what is not Jesus. This picture and this imagery can be so helpful to us because Jesus says there is an enemy. There is something trying to steal life from you. There is something trying to come at you and at me and at us and at this world. There is actually a collision of what is life-giving and what is not. Jesus says, remember, I am the gate. You can discover me. You can discern what I'm up to. You can know me. Is Jesus the gate you are walking in and through for every part of your life? Is Jesus the one who not only as you move through a moment of your life is the one that you allow to be in front of you, leading you and showing you the way of life? I mean, listen to this language. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers. Like, Jesus, that's kind of harsh. Don't you love those people? Yes, but he's just really clear. Okay, like, do you ever just read the scriptures and go, like, how do I make sense of that? What would it have been like to be the Pharisee sitting there thinking, you have it all figured out. You are the most educated faith person in your community. And Jesus is going, oh, guys. Like, you know the intellectual answer and the code, but your heart is so far from where my heart is. You have not discovered the heartbeat that I have for people. See, he's addressing something not just in the right rule and whatever. He is getting at relationship. Are you relating to God? Are you walking in humility? Is your heart where God's heart is? I in the gate, whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. We have to remember that the heartbeat of God revealed in Jesus is that you would be saved and secure. That you would be saved and secure. That the thing that provides your saving grace is a living God who's given you all of their life. And that you would be secure. That you could come in and go out and find pasture. That you would have a sweet estate with everything you need, that the abundant, life-giving life of God would secure you knowing that it can never be taken from you because it was a free gift of God to you and it is eternal and everlasting. It is in the saving grace of God that secures my eternity that's trustworthy because the eternal love of God is my security. This is good news. Do you know Jesus as your gate? Do you know Jesus as the boundary keeper saying, hey, this is good for you. Come and go freely. Be free. Come and go freely with me. Let me lead you and guide you. Let me show you the way of life because this imagery we're going to expand on next week, come on back. I am the good shepherd. That's verse 11 in case you read ahead and you're like, hey, you stopped at like a really good part. That was intentional. Right now it's just the I am the gate part. All right, let's not rush ahead. I am the gate. Jesus offers us a way of living that is full of life. His boundaries invite us to safe pasture full of his provision. And here's what I want to do. I want to take a couple minutes to ask, how do we apply this to our life? Why would this matter? How many of you want to live the best life possible? How many of you are okay with just mediocre? Like, I just, yeah. 
that best life possible sounds like a lot of work. I'll just take good enough. The trap of our day and time and culture, which was the trap of the day and time then as well, is we believe the lie we can secure the life that's best for us. We believe the lie that if we just work hard enough, if we just work in our own power, our strength, that we secure the best life. So then we decide, I like this boundary, not so much that one. Don't tell me what to do. I'm going over here. I'm going to do what I want as I please. You can't control me. I know better. I know better. It is pride and arrogance. I'm now on record, recorded on camera, on the internet. This is the trap of our day and time. It was the trap of the day and time then. Listen to what Jesus says is the way to life. The gatekeeper opens the gate, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. He calls his own sheep by name. That is so personal that God wants to know you and that when God speaks to you, it is on a first-name basis. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. How can we expect to live the good life of God's kingdom if we disregard God's voice. How do I live into the good life that God wants for me and the gatekeeper in this in and out? There is freedom if I'm disregarding God's voice. It's interesting. They say we won't follow a stranger's voice. For a lot of us, the voice of Jesus by the Spirit is the strange voice. The voice that we hear more regularly are the voices of our culture and of other humans and peers speaking into our life. Like, I know the voice of my favorite talk show host. I know the voice of my favorite media pundit. I know the voice of my favorite, dare I say, which one's going to make you feel all real uncomfortable if I say it. I know how to follow this crowd's voice or that crowd's voice or this influencer's voice or this thing, and it's social media, and it's your favorite other media and this other thing and this other voice we know all those voices and you know what those voices do they crowd out the voice of the living god how do i live into the good life of jesus if i disregard god's voice Ooh. Here's what I want you to know. Jesus wants you to know his voice. God is not playing cosmic hide and seek with you. I promise. I promise. Jesus came in the flesh to embody, to personify love, to say, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. If you behold Jesus, you behold the Father. And he says, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to forsake you. I will pour out my spirit, and my spirit will live in you. It is that close. God wants to be that close that when you hear him whisper your name, you just say, God, I am listening. 
I am listening. This is good news. The good news of your faith journey is it's not you figuring it out by yourself. It's you following the living God. It is you remembering that Jesus says, I am the gate. Come in and go through me. Check back in with me. Let me be the boundary marker for your life. Let me lead you into good pastures. You think what you know is best for you is what's best for you. Let me in on it and let me show you what is best for you. Let me lead you into the next season of life. Let me lead you in this decision. Let me lead you in this relationship. Let me lead you in every part of your life that you can trust me, you can be safe, you can be secure, and you can be in relationship with me, the living God. If there is anything inside of you right now that's just saying, let that be true. If there's anything inside of you that just starts to go, yes, that is a way God is saying, this is what you long for. I am what you long for. If we're going to be discerning and we're going to discover Jesus for our life today, in the power of the Holy Spirit, we have to know how to hear. Does that ever feel like hard? Everybody's going, yes. It can feel impossible to hear God sometimes. It can feel impossible to hear God sometimes. If we are to follow him, we must know him. If we are to know him, we must spend time getting to know God in the heart of God. So here's three ways you can do it, all right? This is super practical. I felt really encouraged this week. A goal that I have in my own life, in my own discipleship journey of following Jesus, I try to open the YouVersion Bible app on my phone every day, okay? It's wonderful for any of you that like are achiever types. It will tell you how many days in a row you've opened it. Mine is not in the thousands, which means I've forgotten sometimes, I have missed days in the YouVersion Bible app. If you are in the YouVersion Bible app, which is a free app, if you happen to have a smartphone, you can also get it online if you can access internet. This week, every verse of the day has been, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the gate. I was like, okay, God, I'm listening. Like, this is encouraging to our preaching team. We are literally preaching what YouVersion Bible app is throwing out as verse of the day every day. Like, that's cool, right? What I want you to know is that you can get to know the heart of God in the scriptures by reading the Bible. Now, if you read the Bible, guess what you're going to have? More questions. Who do you bring those questions to? The Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, Jesus says the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. That's good news. So even in our asking questions and discovering, God wants to be in that journey with you. Okay, so one way we learn God's voice is through the scriptures. Read the Bible. Another way we learn God's voice is when we pray. Prayer is where we still ourselves, and in faith and in trust, we go, God, if you are real, speak to me. Teach me how to hear your voice. Help me discern what is you and what is not. The scriptures will help us discern in our prayer life. But here's the most beautiful part, okay? So we can read the scriptures together. We can pray, and we need community to do this. I need people who have been growing confident in hearing and following Jesus around me 
to help me grow in that. It is never your job to figure this out by yourself. Faith is not individualistic. It is communal. We are in a community. The people of God are always the people of God in the scriptures. It is a family. It is a community, which means we need each other to understand who God is and how he's at work and what is he saying because when I'm confused, I'm often afraid. And when I'm afraid, I have to hear God say, do not be afraid. One of the most common things in scriptures is do not be afraid. Why? Because as humans, we have a high, high, high propensity to fear. Because there's a thief and a robber coming to get us. It like makes sense. Like Jesus says it in the scriptures. So we need to read the scriptures so we can discern who the thief and the robber is and who the good shepherd, the gate, the resurrection, and the life is. Are y'all with me? All right, so here's your homework. I'm just going to put it all on you. I'm gonna, y'all ready for this? This is going to be good. If we need each other, do not, you can. You Literally, I have a good friend. I didn't ask him if I can share this story, so this friend will remain nameless. But I love what they did. For like day after day after day on their work lunch break, they walked and they just said, God, teach me your voice. God, teach me your voice. God, teach me your voice. Over and over and over and over until they began to hear the voice of God, which will align with the scriptures, which is love, it is joy, it is peace, it is patience, it is kindness, it is goodness, it is gentleness, it is faithfulness, it is self-control. That's Galatians 5. Teach me your voice, teach me your voice, teach me your voice. So you can do this on your own. Here's my encouragement to you. Pick a friend, one friend. Now you're in community. Two of you are trying to hear God's voice together. Read a book of the Bible together. We're preaching out of the book of John, which is in the New Testament, Start reading the book of John together. You have community. You have scripture. And when you talk, commit to pray for one another. My friend Ted Kim was here a little over a year ago, and he said this, if you want to learn how to hear God's voice, start praying for other people. Start praying for other people. God, give me your heart for this person. God, is there anything you would want to say to this person? Turn the attention off of yourself. Let it be on others. So this friend gives you community. You commit to read a book of the Bible together. I recommend John. And then when you meet, say, how can I pray for you? Y'all can sit together and go, God, what are you saying? How are we make sense of our lives? He is the gate. He says, if you come in and through me, I will lead you. I will show you the most beautiful pasture. I will provide for your needs. Your eternity can be secure in me. And more importantly that, today you can be secure in me because I come giving life. Jesus the gate is personally coming to make a way for us to experience the life of his kingdom. Here's what I want to do. I want us to stand together. Over the last few weeks, we've been moving. We, we love to pray for one another. We actually believe that there's a way we can hear God's voice right here, right now. I actually believe by the Spirit of God, God can speak to you in impressions. The thing that I know about how God speaks to us is that it always aligns with his heart and character. And so when, when we understand that Jesus came, that you might have life and have it abundantly, the way God will speak to you will lead you into life. It will be good for you, ultimately. might be hard. does not mean that it's easy. 
So right now, before we do anything else, I just want to just pray, and I'm just going to let it be quiet for a minute. And just whatever you have going on in your life, I would uh, ask you to step out with a little faith, which is, God, do you want to say anything to me today? God, do you want to say anything to me today? And so, God, we welcome you as the gate, the way to the Father, the one that we need, the Savior of the world. We say, Jesus, would you be in our midst? And what might you want to say to our hearts? What pastures have we found ourselves in that are lifeless? They're dry and fruitless. And we look up and we feel alone because you're not there. And we have to realize that we didn't follow you there. We went our own way. Lead us into the way of life, everlasting God. Come and speak right now. We just ask that you would speak to our hearts and our minds. One of the things that we see in the scriptures is God wants to call you by name. And there's this quote I heard once that uh, the enemy, Satan, the devil, calls you by your sin, the stuff you've been doing apart from God, but that Jesus calls us by our name. If you are here today and you've never begun a personal relationship with Jesus, I think the thing the scriptures are clearly saying is Jesus wants to be your savior. There is nothing else that can get it done in your life the way Jesus can. And if that makes sense to you today, we want to just pray with you. That you don't have to know Jesus fully yet, but you can know you want to walk with Jesus. You want that everlasting life. And you want to begin to receive that today. You can receive Jesus today. You can step through that gate into the way of life. This imagery that Jesus is using is very evident in the Old Testament in the book of Ezekiel. And I think there's two ways we can respond, and, and we're going to just pray for one another. So this is almost the close, and then we're going to begin to pray where there's need, because I think we are all walking in with some need. And in this imagery of the shepherd, and the imagery of the sheep, and the flock, and that Jesus really has life for us, and that Jesus is the rescue we all need. Ezekiel 34, 15, and 16 says this. This is the word of God to the people of that day and time. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. I will shepherd the flock with justice. The heart of God in the Old Testament is that he will gather his people. And if you have gone astray, he's going to come reach all the way to right where you are. If you are tired, he's going to give you rest. If you are injured, he's going to bring healing. If you are weak, he will be there for you. 
If you are experiencing the injustice of this day and time, he says, I will come with justice. If you go, that's the kind of work I need in my life today, I just want you to raise your hand. We're just going to begin to pray. You are injured. You are weak. You are tired. You are worn out. If somebody begins to raise their hand by you, we're going to just pray as a community right there. So just kind of like, look, there's no shame in this. This is the life we walk in with. Then check out what it happens. You keep reading in Ezekiel 37, verses 11 through 14. I will, uh, hold on, wrong, that's 36. That is not right. 37. It's this picture of a valley of dry bones. And then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. He says, therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open up your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and have done it, declares the Lord. Listen, we are not supposed to do this by our own strength or power. If you are waking up dry and tired, I just think God wants to pour his spirit out on you so that you would just go, look what God did for me. My hope was dry. My life was dry. But God poured his life, his very life into me, and it woke me up. If that makes sense to you, you can just open up your hands. You can just receive that. God, we just ask that you would pour your spirit out into the places that feel dry, that you would pour your spirit out and it would bring life, that you, God, would draw us to yourself, that you, God, would move in the ways we have need. We are tired and we are needy people. I love what we sang coming out of communion. God, we need you. There is no truer truth and there is no greater declaration than to say, God, we need you. We need you. We need to remember who you are, that you would fill our lives day in and day out, moment in and moment out. And so where we are discouraged, where all hope seems lost, we say, come right now, living God, and begin to fill our lives again with hope. Fill our minds with hope. Lift depression. Lift anxiety. Lift despair. Lift hopelessness in the name of Jesus where we feel lost and alone, may we hear the truth today that you are the one that comes for us all the way to that edge. Teach us to hear your voice. Come, Holy Spirit. You are the one we need. You are the one we need. We bless you, God. We bless that you are loving and kind towards us, that you will repeat yourself as many times as it takes. You do not grow tired and weary. You are on the pursuit of the people you love, and that is all of us. So we pray today, show us where we need your rescue and give us the humility to receive it in Jesus' name. Amen.